Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Man in the Post Weekend Review Show. I'm your host, Ali, and joining me as always, we have Dave and Simon. How are we, chaps? Uh, not too bad, thanks. On top of the world, looking down on creation. Yeah, not, not the greatest of weekends for <laughs> a few chaps, which we'll, we'll come on to very shortly. Um, but, I mean, we've, got, we've only got four Premier League fixtures um, on this weekend roundabout, so we're going to discuss the FA Cup games. But we shall start with the Friday night game, um, and I'll start with you, Dave, because this must have had you feeling semi-optimistic when the result came in with a full-on-one Leeds 2. Yeah, well, the biggest highlight of my weekend is watching other teams at the minute, and uh, I was a bit worried about this one because Fulham have been in, in decent form in Leeds. really haven't been, but um, fair play to Leeds, considering they haven't really got an awful lot to play for. They, um, they, they just played like they always do and just went for it. Um, the probably weren't looking to win by more. Um, I know Melier made a decent save in the first half, but I always felt like Leeds had more goals in them. I don't know what, what you guys thought watching it, but Leeds looked pretty dangerous pretty much every time they went forward, and uh, Fulham just couldn't cope with it, could they? Yeah, fair. They had a goal disallowed as well, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, boss, the boss wasn't happy about that in our, in our group. Um, I mean, well, well, Ross was just unhappy because he just saw a man with long hair flight, uh, like fl- flaunting it, and Ross is sat there with his, with his <laughs> shiny head. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, bless him. Um, yeah, Simon, I mean, is that a fair assessment by Dave? Leeds were the better team. And... Oh, yeah, uh, Leeds were really impressive. Kind of, uh, as you said, Leeds haven't been in great form recently, and Fulham have obviously been doing very well so I was a bit disappointed with Fulham actually I thought it was I mean obviously it's always going to be tough against Leeds and you never quite know what you're going to get against them but considering some of the performances Fulham have done recently they I'm sure they'd have targeted that as a game that was those three points was a a real possibility there and they just they never I think never really got going as you say uh, Melier made that save which was I, I thought that's an unbelievable save. I couldn't believe he pulled it out the bag. But um, even when Fulham got the equaliser, you just straight away you, you felt if anyone's going to go on to win the game, it, it was going to be Leeds. It was uh, very reminiscent of sort of their earlier season form, and probably should have had a couple more goals maybe. But um, they'll be they'll be very pleased with, with how their Friday night went, definitely. And as you say, it was a it was the perfect start for the uh, of the weekend for Dave. But um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as usual, peak, peak, peak too soon. Yeah. I mean, we we mentioned quite a lot. Like for Leeds to win, they need Bamford to well. That's his 14th Premier League goal this season, which is which is incredible. And none of us, especially Simon, with his uh, <laughs> with his bet. Um, would have would have really banked on this. No, I didn't see it coming at all. Um, you've got a fair play. I put my hand, hold my hands up. Credit where credit's due. He he has done really well. But I think like we've kind of mentioned before, the amount of chances that they create, he really should be around the twenty goal mark by now. And um, I think he's just at the perfect team, playing the perfect way for him. I think if he was at another mid-table team, I don't think he'd be anywhere near double figures, to be honest. If you swapped your boy Watkins and Bamford, what would that do to their goal tallies? I think Watkins would have quite a few more goals. And Bamford, if Grealish is playing every week, may still have a 
few decent amount of goals, but I don't I don't think he, he he wouldn't have scored as many for us, I think, as he's got for Leeds this season. But I think Watkins would have got more goals than him at Leeds. I think Callum Wilson that you, uh, for you guys would have got more goals. I, I think there's a reason why Bamford didn't get the nods over Watkins for the England call-up. I, I just think Watkins is probably a better all-around player. That's a great segue, Simon, because I was just coming on to that point hmm. about whether you think it's it's unlucky not to be involved given given the way he's played this year, Dave. Um, I'd be a bit annoyed that if I was him, that Watkins got in over him just on you know on very recent form. Um, I don't think I think Watkins just tailed off a little bit. Um, Simon put up you'll probably have the statistics, whereas I don't, but. Fairly sure Watkins hasn't exactly filled his boots recently. I mean, Bamford hasn't necessarily, but he's kind of scored steadily all season. Um, whereas Watkins went on a bit of a drought a little bit in the middle, I don't remember. But um, I'd, I'd, I've said before, I don't think Bamford's in national quality. Um, Watkins probably needs to see a bit more of him yet, but Bamford, I think he's just, as I said, he gets so many chances. He's not exactly, you know, one chance, one goal kind of striker. Um, I think at a national level you've got to be more more clinical than that. Just, you, you mentioned the uh, the recent form and goal stats. Watkins has got one in his last seven. Bamford's only got two in his last seven. And one more. Twice as good. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it is one, but like, don't get me wrong. Like, I think when you look at if you're just looking at purely the amount of goals he scores, then you know you, you could say he's probably a tad unfortunate. But I think the type of player he is. His direct competition is Kane and Calvert-Lewin, and he's not yeah. better than them two. Watkins can play out wide in the front three. He, that, that was his position up until it was only last season. His last season at Brentford was the first time he played through the middle. So I think he just he offers a bit more versatility. And as I say, I think his overall game is probably just slightly better. But I agree with what you said there, Dave. I, don't, I was surprised he got the call-up. I think... He had a very good start to the season, but probably if if he was still performing as well in a year's time, then I think you can make an argument for it. But yeah, a bit surprised. But then as Southgate said, Tammy Abraham, who probably would have been in the squad, hasn't really been playing. And Callum Wilson is injured as well. So mm. I think that's probably a reason as well as to why Watkins has, has gone in there. I mean, you have to say, like, if fundamentally, without being disrespectful to a player, if, if England are relying on either of those two this summer, <laughs> we're, we're probably not going to win the Euros. Um, I, yeah. They're both good Premier League players, but I, I, I just don't think they're ready to take the international stage by storm just yet. Um, as I say, there's, there's, they could both prove us wrong, but uh, right now, you know, they're, they're not anywhere near the level of, of a Kane or, a, you know, even even a Vardy who's obviously retired, but I think mm. those, two are, those two are streets ahead of them both. But the, I mean, all they're ever going to be is just squad players in there to to make up numbers. Because let's be honest, if he if Harry Kane's fit, he's going to play, and, and quite rightly. And you're not going to take him off either. Well, I can ask you about this. Actually, I mean, I don't know if we're going to talk about it nationals later on, but there's been a lot said about you know Kane playing himself in the ground, and he obviously played 120 minutes on Thursday. Uh, he played 90 minutes last night, and by the end, looked like a man who played you know 210 minutes in in four days, whatever it was. So England play San Marino at home on Thursday. Uh, it's the first of it's the first of three games in six days. I think it is for England. Um, surely, <laughs> I know you must look at that as an opportunity to rest your key man. I know Kane will be like, "Well, I can get me stats up with that," but there must come a time where you think, "How oh, Harry? Like, have, have, have a yeah, break. you've got a big summer ahead of you." <laughs> like, yeah, San Marino at home. That's that's definitely a game you don't need to put your full strength team out. But as you say, Kane, for probably he, to the detriment of him at times, he's he's so sort of driven to to get these records. He, as, yeah, you, you're right. He'll look at that as a chance to you know possibly bag three or four, maybe even five goals, and and get uh, get closer to that record. So yeah, Southgate probably needs to show a bit of. Now, sir, and, and think ahead to the summer. Well, I hope he does. I mean, of the three games, it kind of gets steadily more difficult to go through. Like San Marino at home, you know, we're going to win. Right? Me, me and you could play in that game, and we could still win. <laughs> um, we've got Albania away, I think, which, all right, 
it's not the nicest place to go, but without fans, it's just it's just another way out. Way out, isn't it? Like it, it's going to be a win. Then I think we finish with Poland away, which is probably the toughest game in the group, I think. So yeah, like if you're thinking logically, surely Kane's got to be ready for that one, if nothing else. Um, that that would be the logical decision, but <laughs> Southgate has uh, has shown on a number of occasions that he doesn't always follow logic, including with some of the players that he's called up into the latest squad. I must say. Well, all hail Jesse Lingard. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking more Eric Dyer getting in ahead of Conrad, but um, Yeah, there well, you go. He's, he's versatile, isn't he, Eric Dyer? He can play on the bench or he can play not on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're saying is, of the 270 minutes of international football that England are going to play, Harry Kane's going to play 245? Oh, I was going to say 265, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, around that mark. They get the last five minutes off against San Marino, having bagged a hat trick. Or all penalties as well, might add. <laughs> um, you know, as you were speaking there, I was just thinking like all the all the England strikers you're mentioning, and then thinking back to the to the late nineties strike force, and it's while wow, it's fallen so far below um, that the conversations Bamford or, or Watkins. Again, no offence to either guy, but. Back where like Fowler can't get caps and uh, the, the late nineties, yeah, that were available was un- ridiculous. I mean, it? I mean, really, someone smart out there should just do the, the good thing and go back in time and find a way to clone the likes of Andy Cole and Robbie Fowler and bring them <laughs> back into the, into the modern day and say, well, you can have your time all over again without you know, yeah. <laughs> without prejudice. Ah, it'd be good fun. Just let them have their chance. <laughs> sure, Liverpool would love it. But <laughs> um, right, so Leeds safe, Fulham look to be struggling, Dave. But then we come on to Saturday's game. Mm. Um, uh, early kickoff was it? No, well, it was the only kickoff of the day, so it was early to somebody. It's <laughs> <laughs> early to somewhere. Um, we had Brighton 3, Newcastle 0. Um, was this as one-sided as the scoreline shown, Dave? Yeah, if not more so. I think that's the, the biggest worry for me, was that if we'd lost this game 1-0 and we'd shown a bit of fight and you said, well, you know, it's a bit unlucky to go and lose to Brighton, who, as we know, capable of playing some, some decent football. Um, we're talking 65% possession against 35, obviously. Um, 11 shots to 3. Six on target to one. Um, we we barely laid a glove on them. We, we just sat back and watched them pass around us until eventually they scored. Um, and other than one brief moment where we hit the post, um, we never really looked like getting in out of this game. Um, we barely put a tackle in the whole match. Um, we, we, we committed five fouls on a team with 65% possession, which I know fouls aren't necessarily a good... Indicator of how you've played, but that just shows that we were just stood there watching. You know, yeah. the, the least you can do is get in them, kick them a bit, and try and knock them off the stride. Um, but we just did none of that. It was um, it was pathetic, uh, and I've, I've noticed today that there's been a market change in in the pundits who haven't really been watching us. Also, you know, just look at the lead table and go, "Well, Staples is doing a good job. He's a good bloke." They've watched that. They've seen how bad we are against a team who was who were one or two points ahead of us. Um, and now they're all out with the knives saying, you know, we should be sacked, he's terrible, etc, etc. Um, but every Newcastle fan has been saying this for months, if not years. Um, it, it was always going to end this way. It, we, we haven't played well, really, in any of those games he's been in charge, and we, we've got by through luck in an awful lot of cases. Um, but, there's, you know, you kind of get luck to oversee... Over to... Over after the day, because we were absolutely atrocious. I had to do this match live for one of the papers up here, and uh, trying to trying to not swear was the hardest hardest part <laughs> of the weekend. Yeah, it must be just so demoralising and dejected just now, um, because the, as you say, there's just there's, there's not even a glimmer of light. Um, so long as so long as Steve Bruce is in charge, really, you know, it's the it's the same tactics. I mean, granted, you know, you you guys have been unlucky the last four games. I think it was fairly fairly winnable games or points anyway. And obviously, you're missing your your three key players, 
Um, could have happened at a worse time. I think you mentioned that on last week's show as well. Yeah. But, I mean, this is the, these are the types of battles that Steve Bruce was meant to be there for. And as you say, if there's no fight there, there's no, and then obviously he got, didn't uh, Ashley come out and give him the, the vote of confidence as well and repaying the trust speech? Yeah. So obviously I think everyone in the, everyone, everyone in the Northeast postcode woke up on, on Sunday morning and thought, well, let's see what the headlines are and hope for the best. And it was all Ashley saying he was going to back Bruce and he was going to stick, stand by him. And I don't understand why particularly. Um, I've actually just had to pen a thousand words on potential reasons why he's sticking with him. And the best I can do is that on the, the previous occasion who have been relegated, it's come following, um, he's changed the manager. So when he, the two times he has rolled the dice and changed the manager, it's resulted in relegation anyway. So yeah. why change it? Um, now it ignores things like if he'd bought in Benitez sooner, would have stayed up. Um, you could probably argue the same about Shearer, but that was that was a high to nothing, I think, anyway. But um, this was the one of the first games actually where I've looked at the, the players and thought they they've stopped playing for him. Um, yeah. Even against like Villa last week, we went behind. And it was like someone had lit a gaslight on them, and you know the, they did you know legitimately try and get an equaliser. This went through the motions here. It um, it just it isn't right, and it's hard to see where a win's going to come from. And we kind of keep relying on Fulham losing. Mostly, we've got to play them eventually. Um, if he sticks with the manager, I just kind of, I kind of see how we're going to stay up. Um, I know he's expecting the players to be back for the next game, but the fixtures we've got after the national break, Tottenham's home, it's, it's not easy. Burnley away, it's a horrible place to go. Um, that's before you get into, you know, Man City, Liverpool, and all these other, you know, better clubs we've got to face, and it's, it's bleak. I, I really, I, I am expecting to be relegated now. Um, and it's exactly what the club deserves. They're pretty much a championship club in anything but, but name at the minute. From top to bottom, the way it's ran, everything about it, it, it doesn't deserve to be a Premier League club. And other than the fans who haven't really had much much to do about this time with the pandemic, you know, we're, we're just going to have to deal with it. Yeah, I think that's the the most worrying thing is the amount of Newcastle fans are here speaking very similar to you as well, Dave, that, that they don't deserve to be in the Premier League type thing and uh, and it's a shame because obviously the the work that obviously Rafa had done originally to build a fairly mid mid table Premier League team, mm-hmm. um, and then it's all kind of unravelled away again. It just the the baffling thing for me still is all Rafa wanted was a little bit of transfer money and and couldn't get it, and then Steve Bruce comes in and spunks forty million on a. Well, I, I, I mean, how, how can you say to me that Mike Ashley's a good businessman when you have yeah. the opportunity to give Rafa Benitez a bit of money to spend to consolidate your investment and keep him in the Premier League with, you know, right, was getting minimal minimal fuss at times. Obviously, there's a bit of a bit of attitude from him in that he wanted certain things, but as a fan, to have a manager fighting for what you know for the very best for your club, you know, I'm not going to complain at that and. Neither should the owner, really. Why would you be upset at someone wanting the very best for what you've spent £300 million on? And then to sack him, or not, not renew his contract, rather, and bring in an, a renowned failure and give him money to spend, it's just ridiculous. And then to back him through what is now two wins in 20 games, yes. uh, it, it just doesn't add up to me. And it, uh, I would take a relegation with, on the chin if it meant for certain that Ashley would leave and we'd get any other new owner in. I, I, I've said before, you know, the Saudis would be great because they could make us an elite club. At this stage, I'm, I'm not even bothered about being elite, just being a club that competes is, is fine with me. Um, whether it's the Saudis or, or anyone else, you know, just someone who actually won, has the best interest of the club at heart is, is all we're looking for. Um, unfortunately, for what Ashley wants for the club, it's going to be someone like the Saudis who are going to have to spend top whack on getting us because he won't take a loss um, so whether that could happen or not I, I don't know but uh, I think we've got an uphill struggle to stay in the league that's for certain yeah the next the next couple of weeks after that international break will be will be vital I mean Simon coming over to you and I mean thoughts on the, the Newcastle situation and obviously you predicted the, the Brighton 
the brighter one here. And we did say last week we getting the win and the goals coming, whether it might be a a little upturn for Brighton. Um, we had said about the chances created and such. Um, is this the start of a little mini run for them now? Um, possibly. I mean, it just depends because you know, as we've kind of always we said each week, they always tend to play well. It's just they haven't been taking their chances. And to be fair, the first couple of goals that they got on the weekends were pretty decent strikes from outside the box. They weren't typical sort of Brighton moves. Um, you know, nice play to get into the box and then fluffing their lines. But for Newcastle, I mean, I was I was just watching it and thinking to myself, how on earth were we unable to beat them last weekend? Because <laughs> they just, like, I, I mean, I don't want to sort of rub salt into the wounds, but they just looked absolutely dreadful. And I personally can't see them staying up. I mean, I, I looked at they run the fixtures that they've got coming up. And I think other than possibly Burnley away and Sheffield United at home, I'd really struggle to see where they're going to get any points from. Especially like the way that they've been playing, the fact that they're going to stick with Bruce just seems mental. Um, yeah, I just I can't see a way out. I mean, even with the uh, the forward players coming back, I, I, I just don't see it, unfortunately. Yeah, I think after the international break, I think, did you see you said Spurs? Uh, Spurs at home and then Burnley away. Um, and I think we need, I think we need four points. Yeah, and Fulham have Villa and then Wolves. Um, yeah, I mean, I was looking at a few Fulham fans on uh, on Friday night, and they were saying, you know, that their home form has actually been atrocious. There was a few of them celebrating the fact they've only got three home games left. Um, <laughs> But, but you know it's a matter of pick up points does it points are points just read um, the latest from one, one of the journalists up here who said that Bruce has scheduled six days off in the next nine days for Newcastle which is just it's just crazy like, it's, it's like it's like he wants to be sacked and I honestly think that's the stage he's got to now I, I, he kind of he, he, uh. how, how can you justify that in the situation well, that, you're in well, I know how can you? I know it's in nationals, but surely that's it. most clubs would say that as an opportunity. Just like without, we don't have that many nationals anymore. You know, like Kieran Clarkson go off playing night for Ireland. That's just Jeff Hendrick. Like I think the South American ones have been postponed or cancelled. I think. Yeah. So, you know, Almiron's going to be around. The likes of Wilson and Sam Maxman are going to come back from injury, and they're going to want you know to actually train. Like, why would you give them six days off at a time where? We need to be every minute we can get on that pitch together to try and fix this should be taken. It's it's astonishing, it really. Mm. Is. And the fact that he clearly set up just to try and get a draw. I mean, you just you can't do that. It, it, the, the, the position that you're in, the situation, you, you need to pull out some wins from somewhere. And the worst thing to do against a team like Brighton is to just sit back and let them come at you. It just so naive. I think Brighton had won one home game all season before we rocked up. <laughs> and you should look at that and go, you know what, they're probably quite vulnerable at home. We should try and we should try and win that game. This was a team who was sixteenth in the league and we obviously were seventeenth. It's uh if you don't try and win games like that then what do you try and win? Like it it's just baffling. It's absolutely baffling. Yeah, it's a, it's a concerning time. As you say, the last four games have been kind of the story. The story of Steve Bruce, really, just no no ambition, no no nothing. Just doesn't, yeah, it's, as you say, Dave, it's like he doesn't care anymore. He's just, yeah, I don't know. Well, I think he, um, he, obviously, I think he wants to be sacked. And I think actually doesn't want to pay him his £4 million. So, here we are in a in a stand in a standoff over who can be who can be who can be the who can be the shitter party for uh, <laughs> the, the next nine weeks. Um, it's just so exhausting. <laughs> yeah, being on the end last, of the season. Last question: How long is his contract there? I think he has another year after this another one. Another year after that. I'm pretty, sure, pretty sure it was three years. The thing is, as well, if we go if we if we go down, I can fully believe Ashley will say, "Well, he's very good at getting promoted. Let's just keep him on." Well, that's yeah, that's 
That was where I was leading to that, which... Um, so what club are you going to support next season if Bruce and Ashley are still there? You're going to have to... Will we put ten names in a hat and let you pick one? Well, the, the MLS starts next month. I may just start following American sports. We'll start, start with the MLS. <laughs> Do you not fancy picking someone like the Australian Super League? Because Chris and the gang on a Thursday, they, they cover that every week. I'm sure Chris can point you in the, a nice team and set you up nicely for them. Well... I mean, I could probably do worse. He'll probably give us new, probably give us Newcastle Jets though, just to remind us. <laughs> just, just, to, just to remind us. <laughs> just to rub salt in the wood. Yeah. Um, well, as that was the only game on the Saturday, we'll head to the the last two fixtures on Sunday. Um, what a game to start! West Ham three, Arsenal three. So I flicked on the score at this and seen West Ham three 0 up. And thought, all right, Arsenal have done an Arsenal. Just, you know, as usual. But in the end, West Ham just, they, they just mentally lost this game. And, and I do fear for them dropping points here the way they did because that they'll be glad of the international break, I think, after that game where they can, players can go off and forget about this because this really is awful. Three, two points dropped here, Simon. Yeah, I mean... Great fun game to watch. Finally, we, we had a, a really entertaining Premier League game. It seems like it's been a while since we've had one of them. Um, yeah, sort of like half an hour in, you're thinking, Christ, how many could this be? I mean, Jesse Lingard continued his recent resurgence with a brilliant goal and then a great bit of uh, quick thinking for the second goal with the quick free kick. And I think had, had West Ham gone in at half time 3 0 up, I think they'd comfortably win that game. Um, Arsenal had to get something back before half time, and to be fair, the their first two goals were both their own goals, so that's a, a slice of fortune. But you've got to credit them for coming back because having gone three 0 down, especially kind of the way their season's gone, has been a bit up and down. They could have easily sort of just dropped their heads and and written it off, but. But they did come back. And then, to be fair, though, even West Ham had a couple of great chances. Antonio hit the post somehow from, from a couple of yards out. They had a, a couple of decent counter-attacks towards the end of the game. So, it's just it was a really fun game to watch. But West Ham, I think, though, yeah, they'll feel really annoyed to themselves that they've, they've thrown those points away. And you look at some of their games against the the bigger uh, teams, you know, uh, their game against Man U the other week, Liverpool, uh, and now this Arsenal one. It's like they sort of went into them with an inferiority complex instead of just having a go. And they've obviously come away with, I think, just, uh, one point from those three games. And they, they, there are opportunities there for them to get more and make a real push for the top four. And I think it's it's those types of games which, which will eventually see them drop out of the running for a Champions League spot. Yeah, I think this is the first game they actually got right, though. They got everything spot on. You know, they played the way they had been playing. They they got the lead that they had done in previous games against other opponents. But I think, as you say, Simon, about the, the own goal just before half-time, five minutes before or such, um, then that's when the nerves start kicking in and David Moyes kind of resorts to type. And that's where, as you say, Arsenal kind of come back into the game and, and snatch the point. Um, I mean, a quick quick note before I head over to you, Dave, about the game. But, I mean, the tweet of the weekend come from this game, Dave. Any idea what I could be talking about? Oh, is it the Declan Rice one? No, I was more mean than your one. Oh, own goal on a hat-trick. Oh, that's too much. <laughs> well, own goal was on a hat-trick. And then I was start, started thinking this now in my head of, like, who gets to take the ball home and where to? Like, do you take it home to someone else's house? I, I don't know. <laughs> um, Callum Chambers, where, where'd that come from? Yeah. His resurgent. He'll be in the next England squad of this road. <laughs> um, uh, I think I, I also echo the sentiments really that um, Moyes just has this kind of mental block, doesn't he, about uh, about beating the top teams. Even, even Arsenal can't really be considered a top team at the minute, but to, to not win the game from 3 0 up um, and to be within Michael Antonio's big toe of winning it, probably 4 2. Um, it's a sickener, isn't it? 
But you're right. I think it. Um, I think it ultimately will cost them getting top four, and I don't think anybody's really expect them to, to hang on to it. Um, but as long as as long as teams keep dropping points behind them, then there'll be belief, won't there? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately for them, obviously Spurs picked up the win, which will come on shortly as well. So that it's just that teams closer and closer, believing down their neck. Um, I do fear for them to where they could they could fall to. Uh, Mentality-wise, and the way the results will go, but like regardless, they've had a very good season for a team who I feel they were. I can't remember the league position last year, but I do feel that they not scraped past relegation, but I do feel they were right down there. Am I wrong about that? They were in. They were banging trouble until Antonio became Superman for three about three or four games, and uh, then they stayed up. Mm, probably with one or two games to spare, I think, in the end. But um, it was it was looking dicey for for a long time. Yeah, um, yeah. So wherever they wherever they end up here, I think they'll be they'll still certainly be satisfied. <coughs> um, I still think Moyes has done a really good job. But where that say sixth to ninth place is probably the best. I think Moyes can aim for. I think if you want a, a higher than that, I don't think Moyes is the Moyes is the manager, which is no, which is no disrespect. Um, I just think that's the level he's at. I think is that is that fair game, guys? Yeah, I'd say so. I think, as you say, considering where they finished last season, um, to be anywhere near the top half is an incredible effort, and to be fifth, uh, I think you've touched on it before. It, it would be manager of the manager of the year candidacy in uh, in yeah. any of the season, but um, I think Guardiola will probably end up winning that, depending on what happens in the next few weeks. Yeah, um, he's kind of looking formidable as we'll come on when we talk about the cup games. Um, well, last league game of the season, Simon. Um, Aston Villa's fairly poor run continuing. Um, a 2 0 loss to Spurs here. Yeah, um, it was just a poor, poor game to watch, really. Um, first half an hour, I thought we were pretty comfortable, really. We, we didn't create anything, but we had decent control of possession and we're playing uh, more in their half than it was in ours and just two stupid stupid errors to give goals away first one Martinez comes rushing out and just gets his kick wrong they a couple of passes later they've they've got a tap in and then a silly penalty to give away Matty Cash I think was expecting a cross to come to come from Kane uh, just dived in. Kane didn't cross it because he miscontrolled it. Cash collides into him. Um, some Villa fans I saw online complaining, but for me, I thought it was a stone more pen. If that's at the other end and it wasn't given, I'd be absolutely livid. Um, so, yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Both both teams were poor. Tottenham didn't. Tottenham weren't good, but they, you know, say we we gifted them two goals. Um, it was. It was definitely a game where you're looking at it thinking we really miss Grealish because their defence didn't look great, to be honest. And I, I personally think if, if Grealish had been playing, I, I think he'd have, he'd have torn that defence to pieces. But that's, you know, that, that's something we're going to have to address in the summer. Um, we need more quality uh, in, in and around the squad to come in when, when certain people are out. But, um, yeah, was, Tottenham, Tottenham were there for the taking in, in that first half, especially coming off the back of the week that they'd had. But we just looked so devoid of any ideas. And to say, two two silly errors cost us. That that game should have been an atrocious nil-nil. Yeah, that's a massive three points for Spurs, Dave. Um, especially, as we say, the, the loss to Arsenal last week. The almost typical Spurs... Performance in Europe um, on Thursday. <laughs> and that, that European defeat was uh, was a shocker, wasn't it? I mean, it would be bad enough losing like that against a you know a proper European superpower, but <laughs> didn't really expect it against you know Zagreb. But uh, this was a very sort of authentic Mourinho, wasn't it? Where they, they weren't particularly good, but they just <laughs> scored scored goals at the right time and uh, that. The penalty is the type of penalty you hate to see because I'm very old-fashioned and I think you know penalties were should were, were invented to award spot kicks for you know when a challenge has come in that stops a fairly obvious route on goal. 
And this was just a, as you say, like a, a nonchalant cross that was miscontrolled and he's already sliding in to block the cross. And, you know, yes, of course, it is a penalty by that with the law, but it's, uh, it's, it's not a penalty in the, you know, in the, in the traditional way of the way it might have been. So it's a, yeah. it's a, shame, it's a shame for Cash, if I probably aren't explain what I mean very well, but he hasn't slid in to, to, to you know, foul him particularly. He's just slid in to block, block a cross and Kane's been very clever and, and obviously away he goes. Um, is a clever player, probably, but it's 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 a, it's, a, it's not a penalty I like to see given. Yeah, I mean, as you say, I don't, I, he's not gone in to actually properly challenge him. He's he's just anticipating a cross is coming in and he's going to block it. But I mean, he's actually uh, Cash has tweeted out today that he said, with hindsight, I should have just stayed to my feet. And I think when you slide in in the area, you, you just leave yourself open to giving away penalties, don't you? It's just yeah. a silly, silly mistake. Yeah, you leave it in the referee's interpretation right away after that. Well, the thing is, I mean, Kane is Kane is very clever at what he does, and I know he upsets a lot of people recently, in particular with the way he goes on on a pitch with making a back for people and that kind of thing. And he knows how to win penalties in the same way he knows how to win free kicks outside the box and that kind of thing. It's 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 just a trait he has, um, and it, it, it is a penalty by the letter of the law. It it, it is a foul, but. He um he's got a little bit fortunate with it in my opinion. Yeah, I I have no issue with what Kane does in general. Um, I mean, if it's happening for our own team, we'd be delighted. Um, my issue is with the the media, the commentators, with the interpretation of Kane and certain other individuals in the league. Um, it seems to be a double standard when it's happening. But I mean, that uh, let's be honest, that's never going to go away. Um. Simon, in general, on Villa, he's a doubt the 10th now, um, behind Arsenal, who just a few months ago you were saying were, were relegation candidates. <laughs> um, what does that make Villa? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I said last week that I just I don't want the season to just fizzle out into nothing after having such a good start. Um, and the thing is as well, like, okay, we're in 10th. But still looking at it, I think we're only four, five points. I think we're five points off Liverpool in seventh with a game in hand and still to play them. We're five behind Everton and we've got to play them twice. Now, I'm not saying that we are going to be capable of finishing in the top seven or eight or getting the Europa League spot. But it, it is still there. The season isn't over. Some of our fans online, they're, they're saying, oh, there's nothing to play for. Now, there is still something to play for and the players... They need to they need to get out of this rut quickly, but they um, I think they'll be kicking themselves. I, I saw John McGinn did an interview on uh, on the weekends, and he was saying that the players feel a sense of frustration already that they've they've missed a number of opportunities. To, you know, they've dropped points in games they really shouldn't have, and I just hope that they sort of keep that um, what's the word I'm looking for a lot of desire and and sort of enthusiasm to try and still make this a really good season and yeah so it's not like there's still 10 games to play there's 30 points to play for Greenish is, is going to be back for the uh, next games so there's still an opportunity there but you just you just don't want it to, to fizzle out into nothing it's the thing isn't it if you finish say you finish 10th you went out of the FA Cup at the first at the first hurdle obviously there were circumstances around that you went out of the League Cup to it was Stoke at home in Rome. yeah Round three or four, then finish tenth in the league. All of a sudden, it becomes a very, a very nothing season, doesn't it? Where it promised a lot. Obviously, you'd take tenth over seventeenth, but um, it sort of would be a lot of a lot of promising work for a very little reward in the end. Yeah, I mean, it. Well, it's, I, I think it's just because we had such a good start. I think it just raised um, expectations probably to beyond what they should have been. If you sort. Say if you flipped the season round and we started off the way that we're playing now and then ended the season on that really good run of form and finished 10th, then you'd probably have a more positive mindset into it. I think it's, I think it's important that Villa fans don't lose perspective. If we finish 10th, that is an amazing season compared to what we did last year. I mean, at the start of the year, all I thought was if we can finish 13th, 14th, and just not be in a relegation battle. That's great for us. So, yeah, even if you know if we finish tenth, eleventh, even, and it's just it's comfortable, 
that's that's real progress from last year. And then you hope you go again in the summer with with more signings to improve the squads. Because a starting eleven is a very good starting eleven, but then when you look at the bench, it's a lot weaker than the the other teams in the top ten. Yeah, no, that's fair. Just just on the league table, just a a quick. Um... Quick prediction almost from, from you guys. I think we're all in agreement Man City will win the league, yeah? Yeah. Yes. So who who do we reckon the other three are um, in, the, in the top four, obviously? Uh, Dave, I'll come to you first. Um, it's, it's hard to look past the current incumbents, to be honest. I think Man United, Leicester and Chelsea are <coughs> all in form. Um, of the four, Man United have been the least impressive, but can't see, see Liverpool making up 11 points on them in nine games so um, I just think it'll be as you are Simon same? Yeah I agree I can't see anyone else breaking into it possibly Liverpool could but I, I just don't see it like I'm, I'm in full agreement for Liverpool to do it they need to go undefeated between now and the end of the season and I still don't think that might be enough Um and then for the bottom of the table, I, I assume we're, we're we're all in agreement. It's between Newcastle and Fulham to fill that third spot now. Sadly, yes. But uh, I don't know. I mean, we're going to talk about the FA Cup in a minute. But as part of his hopes that Southampton, now they're distracted by a cup semi-final, you know, the league form suffers. They're only they're only five points up the road, and we've seen how shaky they can be when they when they don't have a run going so maybe we can drag one or two teams in but we have to win a game for that to happen so <laughs> I think it is between us and Fulham for now So I'm in agreement Yeah I mean you saying they're Southampton only five points ahead but I mean that, that's that's relying on you, on you making those points up <laughs> at the moment you wouldn't you wouldn't bet on it I, I think it's between Newcastle and, and Fulham and I, I personally think Newcastle will go Oh well. Bold statement. Right, that's the end of the Premier League games. So, we had the FA Cup quarterfinals um, at the weekend. So, I'll just run through the scores and then we can briefly talk about them and then maybe give me your, your thoughts on the draw. So, Bournemouth lost at home to Southampton. 3 0 win for Southampton, which will be massive for Southampton's confidence, just bearing in mind what David just said as well. Um, and then later on on the Saturday evening, I believe it was. Everton lost 2-0 to that juggernaut that just keeps on strolling along. <laughs> How they lost to Man United, I will never know. Man City into the semi-final there. And then on the Sunday, we did have Chelsea 2, Sheffield United 0. Again, just another, just, they're like a nice steam train, Chelsea, just now. They're not conceding, they're not scoring too many goals, but they're just winning, very efficient. And then, I want to say shock, but it's not really because Leic- although Man United are higher on the table, Leicester are far superior eleven. Um, Leicester City three, United one. I mean, Dave, thoughts on the four games and and your thoughts on the draw? Uh, so as you said, Leicester beat Man United. I was very pleased for them. Uh, we said before about Rodgers needing a win over you know the, the teams around them. Uh, I know they obviously thrashed Man City earlier in the season, but they've been unable to get. Some of the games they might have won over the line, but they did well here. And uh, Iannaccio is just in incredible form at the moment, so that, <laughs> that bodes well for them. Um, so I was pleased for Leicester. Um, I'm even more pleased that they've drawn Southampton in the semis because it would be nice to have a non-traditional team in the final. Um, Southampton beating Bournemouth wasn't a massive shock. Um, Bournemouth have really blown a good opportunity to, to get promoted. I, was, I think they either just in or just out of the playoffs either way they're on the cusp the point of Jonathan Woodgate who as a defender I love but as a manager he's done very little to warrant that position so um, I'd be surprised if they come up so I wasn't at all surprised to see them getting turned over here um, Man City like you say it was just a matter of time they seemed to, seemed to just grind everything down and eventually got the goals so that wasn't a surprise at all and um, Sheffield United played really well against Chelsea I thought they were a little bit unlucky Um Considering you know last time we saw them against Leicester, they were atrocious. Um, they were unlucky not to take this extra time. I, I, I would argue, um, but it's kind of been their problem all season is that they haven't they haven't played tragically in that many games. They just don't pick up enough 
enough points, which is obviously why they're bottom of the table, but they've, um, they, they lack a bit in the final third, and Chelsea were, were pretty clinical with the chances they got. So, um, yeah, I mean, we've got Chelsea Man City. It's a TV semi final, happy with that, and say Leicester Southern will be a good story as the other finalists. So, um, I'm pretty happy with how it's all panned out, to be honest, as a neutral. Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly delighted about the Leicester. But you'd imagine Leicester beat Southampton and get to the final. But either way, I'd be delighted for both sets of fans to get to the final. Um, I think we're all in agreement. Southampton's kind of had, apart from Dave wanting to get them relegated, but you know, we'd fairly, we'd fairly oh, I mean, enjoy watching them. They're nowhere near a relegation team. It's just they've got this fragility about them, where they can lose a couple of games and all of a sudden, well, lose yeah. heavily in a couple of games and all of a sudden they start looking like a, a really inferior team, but um, they should be absolutely nowhere near being relegated and I don't think they will be, but um, do you not think there's every chance that it kind of writes itself where Southampton's lowest moment was losing 9 at Leicester and they have the chance to beat them to go to Wembley? It's a very FA Cup thing that happen, isn't it? <laughs> it would be, yeah. Uh... I do, I do think this is this, this is what will almost make Brendan Rodgers' managerial career. You know, this could be the the trophy that takes takes him to the next step. Um, he's always been that the nearly man so far. Yeah, he's got trophies in Scotland, but obviously he was also near at Liverpool, and uh, obviously he but he's built that Leicester team up very young, very exciting. Maybe the third best eleven when everybody's fit in the league. You know they have a very good eleven, very good young team, um, and this just might be the the competition. You see, they have a very good eleven, but they've actually got quite a bit of depth now as well. Um, I know they've got a few injured at the minute, but they've, they've probably got you know sixteen or seventeen players who were who were, who were good enough to be in that position in the table, which is which is you know no main feat for a club like Leicester. Yeah, absolutely. And Simon, I mean, your thoughts on the the four games and yeah, even predictions actually for the for the semi final. Uh, yeah, so the first game, I was just looking where Bournemouth are now in the Championship. They're one place off the playoffs, so they're sitting in seventh. They're three points off it with the game in hand. So, although they might think you know it was an opportunity to get to the FA Cup semi final, I think they'll probably be quite grateful to be out of it now because they, they have still got a chance of, of getting into the playoffs um, Man City did what I think we all just expect Man City to do um, the same with Chelsea against Sheffield United although they made made it harder work than I expected them to and uh, yeah that's a really really impressive I was a bit surprised with Manu's team um, for playing Fred and Matic together was a, was a strange decision, but I suppose they did have a, a game against uh, AC Milan on Thursday night, so you can sort of maybe understand some of the rotation. But, uh, yeah, for, for Brendan Rodgers, it's a big opportunity. I mean, you'd expect them to beat Southampton to get to the final, but then they're up against either Chelsea or Man City, so they'd go into it as underdogs, I think. Um, so it'd be difficult for them to win, but... They're capable of going and winning it, and as you say, I think that that would be a really, really big thing for for Brendan Rodgers to win, to win a major trophy uh, down in England as well. So, predictions from both you guys for the semi final. I know we're a bit early, but let's predict who's going to Wembley. Hmm. Leicester, <laughs> and it's hard to go against Man City, but the way the way two girls got. Chelsea playing it's kind of we saw Man United do a, do a job on Man City the week by just you know sitting in and hitting them on the counter and you know Chelsea have got the capability to do that and they're an FA Cup team aren't the Chelsea like they're always they're always there or thereabouts and it's annoying so I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a shock and say Chelsea and <coughs> Leicester and Simon then. yeah I think Leicester uh, will get to the final and then I'm a bit like David. It's difficult to go against City, but like, I was going to say the same thing about Chelsea. They just they they seem to win the FA Cup an awful lot. <laughs> um, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure they've won more FA Cups in my lifetime than we've won actual ties. Like it's uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, I think they. I think at the start of the season when we were doing predictions, I I predicted Chelsea for the FA Cup, saying they 
they haven't won it for a couple of years, so it's, they're probably due a win. Mm-hmm. I think it's this is going to sound like sitting on the fence, but I think a lot more it depends on if the quadruple's still on by the time that game comes around. Um, I think I think if, it, if it's still on, then they'll go full guns blazing. If say they've gone, they they lose the league cup final, for example then they might think, you know, let's just go full on for the Champions League. Because I think that the F, that semi-final falls, I think it falls in between or around where the court finals would be. So it, uh, so their schedule that week is they play the second leg against Dortmund in Dortmund on the 14th. They've got the cup semi-final the weekend of the 17th. They haven't got a date yet. And then the following weekend is the AFL Cup final. Okay. It's a busy um, schedule for them. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they have another Champions League game in between. I don't know if it's one of those where like the semi-finals will just slot into the next the next midweek. I, I don't know if there's a gap or not between that. But mm. either way, either way, like I mean, they've got the squad to do it. Like, well, yeah, <laughs> I, I was I was going to say that as well. Like if any team can do it, it, it is Man City. So I, I'll go. I'll go for City, but it wouldn't surprise me if Chelsea did them. Yeah, I'm going City. And now, thanks to Dave, I am going to pick Southampton to get that defence. Um, the old romance of the cup. It's just the romance well, of the cup. Yeah, the romance of the cup. And <laughs> I then I remembered who Leicester's manager is. Um, and he's, his best chance of getting to an FA Cup final and he'll choke as, as Brendan Rodgers normally well, does. What, what I thought was funny, um, cause obviously they did the draw for the semi-final at half-time, didn't they? Yeah. So they obviously it was Southampton against Leicester or Man U, and I just on Twitter I, I saw just some funny tweets from Southampton fans. Been like, so the two teams that have done us nine 0 in the past two years is one of them, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's that's unfortunate to say the least, but I don't know. It's a, it's a hell of a motivation, I would say. If I was Southampton to say, right, you know, they did us nine nil. We get reminded of it all the time. You can go and wipe all that out, and didn't happen to. I want to say Liverpool and Palace in like 1990 or something. Didn't Liverpool gub them 9-0 in the league or something? And then Palace beat them in a replay, I think. Yeah, at, at Villa Park, I think it was. Alan Pardew got the winner. He was involved, that's for certain. And, he, <laughs> and it's mentioned all the time. Um, so yeah, that's there you go. Lightning never strikes twice. Except in football, where it happens all the time. And <laughs> the magic of the FA Cup. Well, that'll bring us to the end of the games. So, betting corner time, lads. Oh, God. How do we think we did? I kind of want to bet on, but it probably didn't end well for me. You know, it ain't... Yeah, I don't, I don't think I, I did too much better either. Yeah, it wasn't great. So Dave had Barnsley, Norwich, and Watford, with oh, only one, one out of three. Oh no, it's oh, no, Drew, didn't it? Yeah, Norwich Drew in the end. Um, scum, subhuman scum. Which <laughs> Simon, <laughs> you will, <laughs> that then nullifies your bet. Who had Norwich, Watford, Swansea to draw, and Brighton. So two out of four. I had Norwich over one and a half goals, so that equaliser helped me. Fleetwood's both teams to score, which was a, a fail. Portsmouth to win and Motherwell to win. And Motherwell got absolute annihilated. So, um, yeah, another losing week. So, all on minus 40. <laughs> so, well, Jesus. Well, you've got an asterisk, haven't you? You're like minus 30, I'm, really. Yeah. You're, you're, you've got like an unsettled bet. I suppose you're on minus 40, so it comes in like, but yeah. Yeah, let's so. be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, for week five... Um, Probably the hardest weeks to pick as well, because we now have to try and do it international week. So, Dave, I'll come at you first. Right. Who are you going with? Got three words for you, Ali. Seven oh. fold accumulator. Oh. <laughs> right. So we've gone for, and I don't know when these matches take place. Some point over the next seven days, we've got the Czech Republic away to Estonia. I hate to write both teams because it's international. So. Czech Estonia, right? Right, we've got France to beat Ukraine. Uh-huh. We've got Serbia to beat the Republic of Ireland. Uh-huh. 
different Ireland. There's only one Ireland. Well, that'll please the. <laughs> that'll, open, yeah. that'll open a can of worms, won't it? Uh, right. We've got Spain to beat Greece. Alright. Uh, we've got Sweden to beat Georgia. Gonna turn us Latin. Yes. We've got Germany to beat Iceland. I feel that's a banker. Well, now the manager's leaving, you just don't know, do you? Well, this is true. And lastly? Uh, Italy to beat Northern Ireland. Really? I thought there was only one Ireland. Well, I'll, I'll, just have put, I'll, I'll just have to put Island 2 next to this one. <laughs> <laughs> and what are we getting back for your £10 there? Uh, oh, I suppose I should put that into a £10 return. <laughs> £53.26. Pence. £53.26. Which I think is almost a guarantee. Yeah, you'd say so. I'm trying to think, there's none there really. I mean... I don't know who even plays for Ireland anymore. Does Robbie Keane still kick a ball? <laughs> well, <laughs> they'd, they'd be better off. I was going to say, honestly, he could still play it and they'd be no worse off. But they oh, I'm, sure, I'm sure they haven't scored in like seven games or something. Like, oh, wow. I'm sure it's going to be ruined by Jeff Hendrick, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure they, they've still got Shane Long playing for them. Yeah. Imagine if Jeff Hendricks scores there when he, re- he reveals that I love Mike Ashley t shirt. <laughs> like, with like Bruce's face as the heart on the. <laughs> <laughs> just a melted Steve Bruce face and a love heart shape. <sighs> oh, bless. Right, Simon, what have you gone with this week? Uh, so I've just gone with the four, and pleasingly, I've only picked one game that Dave has also picked as well, so oh, we're getting better. We're getting better. Next week, there might be none. Oh, one, yeah. of us, one of us might win. <laughs> <laughs> so th- that, that game that I picked, which is the same, is I've also gone for Sweden uh, to beat Georgia. Right, so I'm going to go put money on Georgia to win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I don't think you've got a result right that you've matched each other on yet. Right. No. Next uh, I've gone Norway to beat Gibraltar. <clears throat> What are the odds on that? It must be like 20, 20 to 1 on or something, is it? Uh, 66 to 1 on. <laughs> right. Uh, I've gone Poland to beat Hungary. Uh-huh. And lastly? And you know what? I love to chuck a draw in there to, to boost the odds. I've gone for Scotland and Austria to draw. And you, as soon as you say draw, first person came out was just Scotland. Scotland, and I've got TV And what are you getting back for this one? £92.90. and pence. The draw must really make this up, because the rest must mean... Yeah. <laughs> well, I've gone for a really boring one this week. So I have gone for Bristol Rovers... Peterborough, Cowden Beef and Hearts all to be over two and a half goals in the game. They're all three o'clock on Saturday. And my returns are £99.36. So, playing it semi-safe. <laughs> um, and let's be fair, we'll likely lose anyway. I th- uh, we, one of us has got to win this week, otherwise I don't know if we can justify continuing this this segment. That's a very fair comment. Uh, <laughs> Maybe may something we have to reevaluate in this season. Yeah, it, it makes our, it almost makes our opinions on the games redundant. He's like, well, you clearly, you there's evidence to to show you don't know what what you're what you're talking about because you lose your bets each week. I still say we have more credibility in our opinions on the game than the Soccer Saturday panel. <laughs> very good point. Very good point. Well, as long as we have less outlandish views than Matt Letizia, I think we're all doing all right. <laughs> I, feel, I don't think there's much we can say that would be more outlandish, put it that way. <laughs> I think even on a, a Saturday night, after 27 pints each, we'd still speak more sense. I'd no, say nothing. <laughs> well, I'd hope so. But, <laughs> yeah. but I'm, 
I haven't had a drink in a while now, so who knows how that's going to affect us. Yeah, <laughs> a, a year tomorrow, lads, the, since, since the very first lockdown. Well, Snapper parsley. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, only we were allowed. <laughs> you can have a garden party next week, I think, can you? Yeah, from next Monday. Well, there you go. We'll, we'll, we'll have a podcast called Man on the Fence Post where we all stand in our gardens and <laughs> lay on, fe- on the fence and we'll give opinions that don't involve sitting on a fence. <laughs> oh, what a what a strange year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to really edit this bit out. Why? So, <laughs> it's more sense than we normally talk. Valid <laughs> point. This all stays in. Um, well, chaps, no, no league football next week, and I'm not really, I'm really not coming on to talk international football. Oh, so, I'm, I'm having an absolute two-week detox in football. <laughs> well, on that note, Dave, we are going to, we're still going to have a show, but the boss man is going to come on and join us and take over the hosting reins, oh. and us three are going to go head to head in a little quiz battle mm, about cool. what I have no idea. <laughs> I was going to do one just with us three, where you guys against each other, and a little, like, just a review of the Premier League quiz. Just questions on what's happened in the league this season. But Ross has jumped in and offered to write the questions, so it could be about whole sorts. So, it's a three-way quiz next week, boys, so get studying. I will. I, I mean, why not? It's not football, Dave. That's the point. Like, we don't have to discuss... Any losses, any wins, we can just come on and get questions wrong instead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, tell you what, I'm going to bet on Simon to win and you to come second, and then when (laughs) that, which definitely works in my favour. Unless it's a wrestling quiz, I'm I'm bottom. I can guarantee it. If we get wrestling questions in there, poof, these are snookered. But apart from that, I'm struggling. Well, you never yeah. know. You never yeah. you just don't know, do you? I have to, I have to wait and see how, how cruel or kind Ross decides to be. I feel you're the one who will get shafted the most, to be fair, Simon. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I'll be honest, that, that's my concern. <laughs> <laughs> 120 Leeds questions about Bamford. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, bless. Anyway, I feel this podcast could go completely off the rails if we if we carry on. Bear in mind, it's a, a fairly quiet weekend. So I think we shall um, we'll call it a day there. Uh, Simon, <laughs> let the listeners know where they can find you and anything you're working on. Uh, yeah, so on Twitter, at Sio Regan. And for any Villa fans who are interested, check out the Holtcast podcast and the website 7500s to Holt. And Mr. Black. Uh, so the Twitter for me is, uh, is at CM9798 uh, and we've got all the usual blogs on Champman, New Football Manager and uh, the, the stuff going on Champman fans so Ross, uh, the boss man, has given away a copy of 0304 so if you fancy getting your hands on that just head over there and tweet the tweet and uh, hopefully you'll be the lucky recipient of Champman 0304 What a prize, what a prize Champman we were just discussing this today. Chapman was a far superior game to to any of the football managers. The ninety seven season one, ninety seven ninety eight one, and the oh one oh two just stick out in my head by far as where I wasted. Yeah, dead, dead the same for me. But you know, I, I used to take a week's holiday from work when those games come out, when the new ones come out, just to literally play the game. No I, support I, now. I, I, I'd, I'd be up to like four or five o'clock in the yeah. morning sometimes playing it. Oh, excellent. Um, but anyway, yeah, you can find us at Man in the Post um, on all your social media platforms. You are obviously listening to this where our weekend review show comes out every Monday. Chris and the gang every Friday where they talk about all the all football throughout the world. I keep saying leagues in Europe. Chris loves all sorts. And 11 Pieces of Me come out every Thursday morning. And the current one out at the moment is our very own Simon's. So it only took about a year to, <laughs> to, be, to be released. So we hope you're listening. We hope you like it. So, yeah, just keep interacting. Anything you want to hear from us, 
just hit us up on Twitter. Um, for all my wrestling fans out there, um, WrestleMania season's coming up, so check us out at Ring the Bell. Um, we will have lots of shows coming out, um, a lot of live casts as well, with the ridiculous amount of content that WWE is going to be putting out. So, yeah, do that for us. Um, head over to Man Post, give us ratings and reviews, share all our content, as I say. Um, thank you very much for listening. Thank you to Simon and Dave for joining me as always. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Ollie. And always remember to keep your man in the post.